to welcome everyone this morning, and especially if you're a guest with us today, we welcome you. We are thrilled to have you in service with us today. And uh, those of you that may be joining us online, we welcome you today, wherever you are. I know I've said it before, but I am so glad God is not limited to a location. Doesn't have to be a certain kind of building, certain kind of decor, setup. God is anywhere and everywhere. There are some great things that happen when we come together here, but I'm glad to know God is everywhere. Amen. Praise God. Well, I was not expecting to be preaching today. We were supposed to have Bishop Mother Wright in service with us today. And so when everything changed yesterday, today changed. And um, thank God I finally got direction early this morning. (laughs) Nothing all that deep, but something I think very important to us. So if you would go to Philippians chapter 2, I also left my glasses at home. Thankfully, my font and my notes is basically big enough that I can read it. Philippians 2, verse number 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse number 9 says, Wherefore? God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to read to you a couple of other translations. I, I am not a scholar. I am not a theologian. I'm a student of the Word. But I, I want to tell you, I think, I think the translators messed up a little bit in verse 9 in the King James. Because I'm going to read a couple of other translations. Let's see if you pick up on the difference in these other translations. The Amplified says it this way, Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. The contemporary Jewish Bible says, Therefore, God raised him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. And then the Lexham English Bible says, Therefore also God exalted him and graciously granted him the name above every name. Anybody notice the difference? I heard one person. King James says that God has given him a name which is above every name. But these other translations say that God gave him the, not a, the name that's above every other name got a simple title and somewhat of a simple message this morning, but I want to preach to you today about the name. 
Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today. Thank you for your spirit that is working and moving in this sanctuary, already touching hearts and lives, already ministering to needs. And I know that you're not finished working and moving in this place today. I pray, God, that you would speak to us today through your word. I pray, God, that you would let there be a spirit of revelation and understanding in this place today. We would grasp some things from your word with a new perspective, with a new level of faith and confidence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, trust you today. I depend on you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. According to Strong's Dictionary, the word A that is in the King James rendering of that verse has given him a name which is above every name. The Greek word is the definite article, and it says the word the, not just a name, but the name, which is above every other name. I think if we're not careful, the name of Jesus becomes commonplace to us. It just becomes, some, to some degree, a religious word, a religious term. But I can tell you today, there is way more to the name of Jesus than just some term that gets used with religion, with Christianity. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. It is not a name above every other name. It is the name that is above every other name. I don't know if I can fully communicate what I think the significance of that is, but one of the, I guess, a simple analogy that I thought of, it's probably not the best, but anybody, have you, got, one of you got a key fob on you? Anybody got a key fob or a key? No, I mean a car. Anybody got a, give me a car key. Uh, here we go. I I have right here a a key fob. Most cars don't have keys anymore. You have buttons to start them with a new one. I have a key fob. But if I went down to my car, I can press the unlock button all day long. And it's not going to open my car door. Because it's just a key. Just common. It's not about just a name. It's not just about do you have a key. Do you have a key fob? It's not just about that. Do you have the proper one to get you into what you're trying to get into, to start what you're trying to start? And so it is said that Jesus wasn't just given a name that is above all other names. He was given the name. The name that was above every name. And He wasn't given it by chance. It wasn't by coincidence. Verses that you will hear probably a few times throughout this month in various ways and various places. But Matthew chapter 1 verse number 21 says this, as Mary is being spoken to and the prophecy is coming to her and Joseph. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You are going to give him not just a name. 
You're not just going to give him a name, but you're going to give him the name. He's going to have the name that is above every other name. It's not just another common name. It's not just simply a name so that there is a way of identifying who he is. It's bigger than him. It's bigger than this son that you are birthing. It is the name. I, it's, it's, not, it's not coming out. It's, I'm not getting it out the way I sort of feel it. The name. The name. This is not just the name most associated with Christianity. This is the name that is the most important name wherever you are in the world. Whatever nationality you are, wherever you were born, wherever you came from, there is one name that is the name that is above every other name. There were, there were several times you can find throughout Scripture where God spoke to someone and gave the name. And, the, and the, the most recent one prior to the verses that I read to you was John the Baptist where God spoke to John's father and told him what to name him. And as I was reading and preparing, studying this morning, it it sort of hit me that I don't think, I, I think there was various reasons why we know of those other people that God named. But I, I think part of it was to establish something to say, this is what can happen. So when I tell a virgin she's going to conceive and I tell her what to name him, there's going to be some precedent. So I'm going to establish some precedent because the name for this baby is going to be more important than any other child that's ever been born. We now, for the most part, randomly, pretty much randomly pick our kids' names. Some people pray about it. It's a novel idea. Others decide sort of in advance they're going to carry on family names. Others just read through the baby list of names and pick out the one that they think's the coolest or the best sounding one. But there's also some things established in this book to show that there's significance in a name. And again, I think much of that was to lead up to the point when Jesus was going to be born to say there's some importance in the name. There's all kinds of names you can call on if you need help. And depending what the need is, there are some names you can call on that might be able to help you. But I'm going to tell you today, there's some things that you and I deal with in our lives that there is only one name that has the power and the ability to do what needs to be done. There is only one single name. We don't have that name up there just as cute decoration. We don't have that name up there just because it's the right thing to do. We've got that name up there because we need to be reminded that everything we do has to be done in that name. That's the power and the authority by which we do what we do. It's in the name of Jesus. Acts 4 and 12 tells us this. Neither is there salvation in any other. Label me, label us what you want to label us today, but there's only one Savior. His name is not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not whatever other God you want to come up with. There is salvation in only one name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
There's only one name of salvation. There's only one name of healing. There's only one name of deliverance. There's only one name for the one true God. Paul said he was given the name. The name. I know I don't have time. If you're not familiar with this concept, I don't have any, I don't have time but to simply scratch the surface. And if you're unfamiliar with it, myself and many others would have, would be more than willing, would love to sit down and discuss this more in depth. But, but we have been, we have been messed up by this doctrine as we know of as the Trinity. And you and I have a tendency, even as apostolics, to filter what we read in this book by that doctrine. And we try to figure things out by that doctrine. I, I was listening to a, a, a podcast or a video, brief video, by the superintendent of the organization that we are a part of. And many believe, many think that when Jesus was baptized by John, that what took place there was a was a confirmation of the Trinity because you had the Father speaking, you had the Spirit descending, and you had Jesus there, and so you've got the Trinity. Uh, that, that, that's what we view because of what we've been told. But let me tell you something, friend. There was no Jew standing there that day I didn't, this isn't what I came with the message, but here we are. There was no single Jew standing there that day that walked away from there now feeling that the doctrine of the Trinity had been confirmed because all the Jews knew was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And beside that one, there is no other God. It's kind of amazing to me, it's, it's pretty basic English grammar. Not, doesn't take some deep theological training, it's basic English grammar. When you read Matthew 28, 19, and Jesus tells them to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost... There, there. I, I got a question. I'll just, just the men here. Just use you. How many, how many, how many men do I have here today? First of all, how many of you are sons? How many of you? I'm gonna. I know I'll lose a couple of you on the next couple. But how many of you are husbands? How many of you are fathers? You know what we what we ought to do is when we we count just to kind of you know manage things, monitor things, just kind of know where we are. So we need. I'm gonna I'm gonna compl- complicate the usher's job. We need them to start when they count in the service. We need to stop by every man and ask him, "Are you married? Do you have kids?" I mean, we go by that, we got probably a thousand plus people in this place today. There's actually probably just a little over 200 in this sanctuary right now, but if we counted that way, we would have, I mean, we can add a few more things in there as well. We understand that all of us that just raised our hands for all three of those, we are one person. I am not three people as a son, a husband, and a father. I am one person. I operate very differently in each one of those roles. What I do as a son is very different from what I do as a husband. And what I do as a husband is very different from what I do as a father. But I'm only one. I only have one name. So when Jesus said, 
baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Again, to those he was talking to that day, they were not standing there confused that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were the names they understood. The name of the Father is... The name of the Son is... The name of the Holy Ghost is... That's the name that is above every other name. I challenge you to do this. We don't, most of us don't write checks very much anymore. The more common thing, I guess, signature wise, may be the signing of a credit card. So the next time you, whether it's writing a check or you're out shopping or eating and the server brings you your check. I want you just, whichever one of those three you want to pick, just pick one of them. I want you just to sign your the signature line with that. Just go ahead and put Father. And see how far that gets you. I'm not trying to be facetious, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I come across that way, I apologize. That's really not. I, I'm trying to jar some thinking, but I really am not trying to be disrespectful. I, it also, uh, to be honest, it really frustrates me how much we have to try to explain things in this book because of something man created. But just go ahead, try, try one, because those are titles, those are roles, those are positions. The name, that's why Peter said on the day of Pentecost, again, Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, but on the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church, as Peter is addressing the crowd gathered that day, he said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, how? In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins. Was Peter disregarding what Jesus said? Was Peter not fulfilling what Jesus said? No, Peter was doing what Jesus said. He was fulfilling what Jesus said because Peter understood the name that Jesus was talking about is the name of Jesus. It is the name that is above every name. One of the amazing things to me, and I love about that name, and, and, and not every time you pray, this isn't, I don't think this is acceptable, but one of the things that's so awesome about that name, if, if I just, you know, it, it, I, think, I think I know what's going to happen, or hopefully he'll, you know, he's on the same wavelength. If I say, hey, Isaac. He's too respectful to just say what, because I'm his dad. Hey, Isaac. 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 Some of y'all can relate to this next one. Mommy. Mommy. Mommy, 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 mommy. Why? Because you can't read minds. What is, oh, what is amazing about the name of Jesus, and again, a lot of times when you pray, you need to say more. But what is amazing about the name of Jesus is you can sort of simultaneously be calling the name, but it's also a petition. It's a prayer. And and I, I, if I had a hundred dollars for every time I've used this throughout my ministry, we probably could pay our house off. <laughs> but I can remember, as a, as a child and a teenager, especially riding in the car with my family, my parents, sitting in the back seat of the car, my mother in the passenger seat, my dad driving, and some kind of you know somebody pulls out in front of us or cuts us off or whatever. And, and in the back seat, I would hear my mother simply going, 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now, some would say that name and they're cursing, swearing. But I understood that when my mother was saying that, it was she was praying. And there wasn't enough time in that moment to give some long explanation of the dangerous situation that we were in. All she could do in that moment was simply call on the name that is above every name. And let me tell you this, there's sometimes when you're not under pressure and you're not in an emergency, but you don't really know what to say. You just know you need something. You just know you need something to help you, somebody to help you. And that's why there are some times that it's okay if the only thing you do is just call that name. Jesus. I, I don't know anything else. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, I don't even know the request to make, but Jesus, because it is the name that is above every name. Not a name, but the name. There's a lot of people, many of you have walked in here, some of you have come in here after service began, and you walked in here, we didn't pay attention, we didn't stop everything to honor you in coming in, but there are some people based on a name, who they are, we would stop to acknowledge and recognize them. He's not just a name. He's not just a God. It is the name. What's amazing is the demons do more than most humans do. Because the Bible says the demons tremble at that name. Many humans just brush that name off as whatever. They, they may have a little bit of an idea of what it's about, who it is, but, but it doesn't necessarily cause any uh, uh, bring about any change or impact. But the Bible says the demons tremble. The demons are subject to that name. The name. Highly exalted Him and given Him the name that is above every other name. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 32, this, this is one of those places to me that most illustrates the point of the significance of names, especially in the Bible. It's the story of Jacob as he has stolen the blessing that belonged to his brother, and he's now running for his life and has an encounter with God. He's gone for several years getting a wife. He's now making his way back home. And in the process of coming back home to meet his brother for the first time in a couple of decades, this is, this is what happens. Genesis 32 and 24, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Not a human, this was a supernatural thing. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? This is the angel speaking to Jacob. What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. The name Jacob means supplanter, schemer. Jacob to this point was known for or getting, his, getting things he wanted in a, in a conniving, in a scheming way, a dishonest way. The angel responds and says, No more will your name be Jacob, 
but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God, with men, and hast prevailed. You're going to get a change of name because with a change of name comes a change of identity. I think we were married already, but newly married, so early 90s. It was around Christmas time, and I was in the mall, and I passed by this kiosk, and it was it was these little printouts, and they would have a name, and then they would have a variety of categories for names, and and sort of meanings and characteristics. So I started looking at them, and and looked at my name. I looked at the characteristics. For a person named David. And almost to a T. It was me. I started looking at some other names. In fact ended up buying it as a gift for my parents. I think for Christmas. Because the name and then the characteristics. Were so amazingly accurate. Because there there really is, even though for you and I, we may not put a lot of thought or attention in the giving of a name. You might want to be careful, those of you that are yet to have kids. You might want to double check. Because there really is some significance. Which is why the angel says, you're going to get a different name. You're not going to be a supplanter anymore. You're not going to be a deceiver, a schemer anymore, but you're going to be Israel as a prince that has power with God. And Jacob understood the significance of what was just said to him, which is why he says what he says in the next verse. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, your name. You know my name, and because you know my name, you know some things about me. I want to know your name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there, and he didn't answer the question. Because it wasn't time yet. But he understood, if I could know, we, the song we sung this morning, one of the songs we sung, Jehovah Jireh. There, there, there is things throughout the Old Testament because they didn't know the name that you and I know yet. So they would say Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, and, and those different things were descriptions. Jehovah Jireh, the word Jireh basically means provider. So when we sing today and when the Lord told Abraham, I'm Jehovah Jireh, that means that as a God, as your God, I can provide. So with each new revelation of God, there was Jehovah whatever. But that wasn't the name. Because the name was given when he said, you're going to have a child. You're going to call his name Jesus. And a couple of verses later it says, Emmanuel, God with us. I was in a store the other day and the guy that checked me out, name was Emmanuel. I almost asked him if he knew the meaning of his name. I was... That's a great name. It's an awesome name, but I'm going to tell you, no no disrespect to the guy behind the counter, but he wasn't God. But it tells us this is not just God, but it's here's the name you got to call on. Not here's the name you got to call on, but here's the name you can call on. What is your name? He didn't answer it. But then this verse occurred to me. Isaiah 9 and 6. Another one of those verses we hear throughout this month. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. 
and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now watch this. It now says his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Back to my previous point, if we want to take Matthew 28, 19 the same way we do it, then we need to take this verse. Therefore, and, and, and if you study it out, it really could, you could actually translate and, and get rid of that comma there and use wonderful as an adjective for counselor. So let's just do it that way. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or unkind here with what I've said or what I'm about to say, but if we're going to use the same application, then there's a quadrinity, not a trinity. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It was God being manifested in the flesh. But the angel didn't tell Mary and Joseph, you're going to have a son. And you're supposed to call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You imagine how irritating that would have been for Mary when Jesus was getting on her nerve. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The angel said, you're going to call his name Jesus, but Isaiah says his name is, so what's his name? Can I tell you what I think that verse is basically telling us? Is who or what he is. So that when we call on that name, we don't have to call on that name and give some kind of description. When I call on the name of Jesus, I'm calling on the wonderful Counselor. When I call on the name of Jesus, I'm calling on the Mighty God. When I call on the name of Jesus, I'm calling on the Everlasting Father. And when I call the name of Jesus, I'm calling on the Prince of Peace. And so because it's the name that is above every name, when I call on that name, can I tell you though, not only is it those four things, but we could keep going down the list of all the things that are wrapped up in the name that is above every other name. When I call on that name, I'm calling on the healer. When I call on that name, I'm calling on the deliverer. When I call on that name, I'm calling on the way maker. When I call on that name, I'm calling on the strong tower. When I call on that name, I'm calling on the shepherd. When I call on that name, I'm calling on the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which was, which is, which is to come. All of that and so much more is wrapped up in the name that is above every other name. I don't like some people. I, I, I feel sorry for I don't know what your parents were doing or thinking when they named you. It just. Some people you are like, what? Some of you are like, what were my parents? I, I, I'm, I'm one of those blessed people. I like my name. I like my name. My name is David Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. David Stephen Wright. I like my name. I, I like my last name, even though, no offense, you have, if you, you've yet to come up 
you're not going to come up with the original right joke. The number of times that I've had somebody look at me with their twink with this twinkle in their eye, thinking they've now come up with it. Boy, when your wife found you, she found Mr. Right. <laughs> and out of courtesy and kindness, I squeeze out a little chuckle. I like my name, but it's it's just a name. It's just a name. It's just a name. But that is the name, and then it's the only name. You see, we we've got a lot of things in this life, this world that it 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 can be a different name with a different person fulfilling an office or a job. Just take the president. Right now, our president is President Biden. It was President Trump. It was President Obama. It, I'm going to keep going back. But can I tell you, every four years, we don't elect a new Savior. We don't pick a new God with a new name. In the beginning, God, the God, the only God, the only God that ever was, the only God that ever will be. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then John says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And that one that became flesh, we call His name. Same God. Same God. Maybe somebody can help me with this. I'm fortunate to get the iPhone 13 Pro. Verizon sent me an offer. It was too good to pass up. But it seems as though, I may, I'm the novice here, or, or the, I'm not the expert. It seems as though my phone is too advanced for the Wi-Fi in my house. Because my brand new phone takes longer than my older. Man's always changing and adjusting and creating and updating. I cannot stand that little red bubble on an app in my phone. I look at my wife's phone sometimes. I almost go into cardiac arrest. If I get that little red bubble that says I have one unopened email, <laughs> I may not even read it at the moment, but I got to get rid of the bubble. Her, her, her bubble's like that long on her phone. 4,567 un. un Red emails. And then and and then she's got she's got this deal. When there's a software update, we get let's get that update, let's get it done, let's get it for let's get this phone up to date. Not only because I want it up to date, but that's the only way to get rid of the bubble. Not my wife, man. She I think she's gone a couple of years at one point with because she can't stand the update because when you get the update, you got to figure everything out now. I, I got to figure everything out because I got to get rid of the bubble. But I, I get the point, but do you know, isn't it amazing? There's never any red bubbles that say you need a God update. One of the things that boggles my mind was if you go to Genesis 1 and when it says, in the beginning, God, that, that several thousand years ago, God, was already as much God then as He is now. 
We've been married 29 and a half years. I got a lot of improving left to do, but I will tell you, I am not the same husband today that I was May 23rd, 1992. I have grown, matured, developed, still got plenty of room to go, but I'm not the same. Hopefully you can say that in various areas of your life. But God needs no time to develop, to improve. The same God that Adam and Eve knew in the garden from the beginning of time is the same God that you and I know. And and then there's a flip side to that. Not only has He not developed because He was God, as much God as you could be from the very beginning, but also like us, In time, some areas we may improve, but in other areas, especially physically, we don't remain the same. Our strength, our stamina does not remain the same. Our our, our physical abilities diminish with time. But God... But God never diminishes his power and ability never decreases that's why you need to read this book in more as more than just some kind of a historical reference because one of the very important purposes of this book is when i read it and see the things that god did It says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't read this book just to find out what God did. I read this book to find out what God did, because if God did it, God can do it. If He healed in this book, He can heal today. If He raised somebody from the dead in this book, He can raise somebody from the dead today. If He provided miraculously in this book, He can provide miraculously today. And all of that can be accessed through the name of Jesus. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I close with this. Hebrews tells us, and when you read it in the King James, it can be a little confusing the way it's written in the King James, so I'm going to just say it in the more understandable way. We have a high priest, we have a God who is touched, moved by the feelings of our infirmity. And then he says, We can come boldly. Now, there may be somebody in this room today that you have a job and credentials that I'm unaware of. So that being said, to my knowledge, there is not one person here that would have the right to leave this service, drive to Washington, D.C., walk up to the entrance of the White House and have access to freely get in. And so if you made up your mind you really wanted to get in, you would have to do it in a way that puts your life in great danger. The White House may be the house of the President of the United States. It may be where our President dwells. I may be an American citizen, and that's, therefore, as a part of our government, that's my president. But I don't have access. I don't have a right to go to Pennsylvania Avenue this afternoon and say, I'd like to have lunch with the president. Can I tell you there's somebody way more 
important than the president or any other person for that matter. And he is the one who gives an open invitation to anyone and everyone. Some of you, if you tried to go and they did a background check on you, you'd probably be disqualified from going. If God did a background check on all of us before we ever could access His presence, every one of us would be disqualified. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the one who would have the right above anybody else to put parameters on those who could come freely into His presence has gone to great extent to make it possible that whomsoever. That's why it doesn't have to be some kind of person that knows the Bible and has some deep theological understanding. All they've got to do is just call out on that name. The name that is above every name. I want to ask if you would, just right where you're sitting for right now, if you just bow your head, close your eyes. I know we've already prayed for needs in this place this morning, and the Lord has already ministered, but I, I think there's still some folks in this place today that you have some needs today. You have some things you need Jesus to do and only Jesus can do that. I believe what I have just preached to you this morning, the name that I have just preached to you about today, that Jesus Christ would like to manifest Himself to some lives today. Some of you... Maybe when we prayed earlier, this didn't cross your mind, but some of you are battling fear and anxiety. Maybe it has to do with COVID or it has to do with just the status of our world and things going on. Maybe it's some kind of personal situation in your family or in your life. You're battling fear and anxiety. I believe we can call on that name today and the Prince of Peace is in this place to touch you. Some of you are facing decisions you've got to make for the direction your life's going to go. Maybe it's a career choice. Maybe it's a uh, where you're going to live, what you're, where, where, where you're going to go. The Wonderful Counselor is here today to give you direction, guidance. I could go on and on with all kinds of other possibilities. Just know that it's not about what I've listed or examples I've given. And so as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here right now, and whether you're a guest or you come here all the time, you need the name to work in your life today for some reason. I want to ask you just right where you are to stand and just with your eyes still closed to just lift your hands. If you can't think of anything else to say, if you can't really come up with any other words, if you just you just want to simply call on that name. Because unlike me, he knows your thoughts. I got to explain to you what I need when I call your name. I got to, I got to tell you why I'm calling you, but he knows from the moment that you call on his name, what it is that you have need of. As we continue for another moment or two, heads bowed, eyes closed. If I could ask some of you to help me, we've got several folks that have stood right now that need that name, the name 
that's above every name to work in their lives today. I know we've already prayed, but if you need healing today, there's healing in the name of Jesus. Some of you, that's physical healing, but some of you today, maybe that healing that you need is the healing of a broken heart from things you've been through, what you've experienced in your life. God is not just the healer of the physical man. He's the healer of the inner man. He's the healer of hearts and minds and spirits. In Jesus' name. Lord, we don't say that today as a religious formula, as a religious phrase. We say it because of the power of it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whatever is needed in this place today, Lord, in every life, let it be done in Jesus' name. Let it be done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. When I speak your name, all I got to do is speak your name. Oh, yes. When I speak your name, Jesus. When I speak your name, Jesus. When I speak your name, Jesus. the most beautiful name it's the most beautiful name I know there's no other name like it there's no other name like the name of Jesus oh Jesus 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 hallelujah 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 in the name of Jesus the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, you lift the lowly one. Hallelujah. 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 Exalted Lord, be exalted. Hallelujah. Higher and Oh, be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Higher and higher. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted higher. Oh, yes. No other name, I know. No other name, no other name. No other name, no other name, I know. Oh, yes. No other name, I know. No other name, no other name, I know. No other name. No other name, no other name I know. Oh, no other name I know. Hallelujah. No other name, no other name I know. No other name, no other name 
Continue to pray and maybe sing some more whenever you need to go. You're welcome to. Thank you so much for being in this, being with us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the power of your name in this place. Thank you for the power of your name in this place today. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for your name in this place and the power of your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 